This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner-Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey Cage. And who are you today? Uh, I'm going to be Chad Lale today, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> My alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And as you are listening to this, we are on our way to Georgia for a weekend of of uh, wrestling and ministry and ministry and wrestling and who knows what else the Holy Spirit's going to lead. So, uh, um, <laughs> revival might just break out on the car ride. So expect some. Maybe uh, we were talking about. Um, like some live Facebook videos, you know, just little Q and A's. So get ready. We, we, we're ready to just kind of let it roll, man. Yeah, dude, this is, this is the first time that we have been together. Uh, let's see since, is it May of last year? Was it May or yeah, it was after I did, did the podcast as a guest. Yeah. So May or June. <clears throat> yeah, I think our first one together was like as as far as you on was like June. Yeah, I think we recorded somewhere around your birthday or, or right in there. It, yeah, I, I can't remember, but I, I know. <clears throat> so this is the first time that we've actually been together uh, in person in nearly a year. And dude, it, it just totally amazes me what I'm you know, we've been looking back this week and seeing some of the stuff that, uh, how the Holy spirit is lining things up. I mean, it's like, you'll say something to me or I'll text you something. And it's like the spirit is exactly, I mean, word for word, everything that each other is saying, it's just amazing. Yeah, dude, for real. It, it is. It blows my mind. I mean, you we were texting yesterday morning and we were talking about something. I, I, can't, I think maybe today's episode, we were just kind of discussing some ideas. And and uh, you told me or I said something. You said it's funny because I've been thinking the same thing. And, been, and it's like the spirit's been leading us in the same direction. I just started laughing. I'm like, this is nuts. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and that's well. And my response to you a few times and I've had to get myself uh, out of thinking it's crazy. I mean, in our natural world, it is crazy. Sure. But you know, uh, when we're talking about it being nuts or being crazy that the Holy spirit's lining everything up like he is, um, I have to be reminded. And and my response to you is no, this ain't crazy. This is, this is, this is normal. We have just been, uh, so consumed, uh, in the natural human realm. Yeah. And now uh, we are seeing what the, what the Holy spirit is doing, lining us up. Now we are getting opened up to the spiritual realm and just, just lining up everything the way that the father has, has led for us. And it, it just is totally amazing. One thing that I, you know, we were talking about, uh, I had not talked to you in years, probably since 2009 or 10. Yeah. Um, If I'm not mistaken, that was the last time we crossed paths. And you sent me a screenshot last week of the conversation where I reached out to you for the first time. And this was last March, March 16th. 
Yeah. And then <laughs> is it a is it a coincidence that this week uh, we are on the road together? We are booked together for uh, for wrestling and ministry the exact same weekend. It just there are no coincidences in the kingdom of God. No, there absolutely. There's not, man. And there's no, there's no coincidence of, you know, we bounced back and forth a few times before I finally got on the podcast as a guest or whatever. And then you, you, I remember you reaching out and just saying, Hey, I know this might sound a little crazy, but I just been, felt led to ask you, but like the spirits laid on my heart, you know, about being a, my <clears throat> being a co-host. And, and at the time I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if I got time for this, but something nudged me. And I guess it was that uh, connection of the spirit there that kind of, uh, pushed me into it, man. And and you just look at where it's unfolded and the things it's kind of, it's birthed within me, I know, mm-hmm. but also within you. And, and it's kind of spilling out into our families. I was at a coffee shop yesterday and I'm reading um, John one and John maybe 17 with my wife and just kind of having her, I, I said, Hey, read John one here, the first, whatever, three or four verses. And just kind of tell me what you think. And my wife does not like to feel like she's being quizzed. I said, I'm not quizzing you. I want you to tell me what you think. Right. I'm not asking you theological doctrine here. So it's funny because she's reading and she starts to kind of like tear up. And she says, she goes, she, I felt it from my head down to my knees. Mm. She was telling me this last night. She didn't tell me as it was happening because I've been talking to her about this shift and this like overflowing within my life, dude, and within your life as well and how we're connected here. And I was like, that's the spirit nudging you. I was like, do not fight that. Yes. And I said, because we're me and Casey have been praying and speaking on this revival topic, you know, this thing that's near and dear to our hearts. And I said, it's going to spill over into our families. I believe Leonard Ravenhill said that revival starts under our roof within our families. It doesn't necessarily mean it's in a church or anything like that. So you think about like a Brownsville revival or this Azusa street we talked about last week. And these revivals started because men and women got together praying where there's a small group. I mean, they came together in one accord once again. And I just told her, I said, don't fight this feeling. Trust me. I was like, do not fight it because I fought it before. And, and now I think it's starting to spill over into my wife. And I'm like, Oh boy. Oh, back up. Cause she looked, dude, she, her testimony's nuts. And I do one day we're going to have them on. Yes. When she stops being so shy <laughs> and she has shared things with me in her past, like from growing up and abuse, whatever. And <clears throat> she's a strong woman. And I'm, I'm telling you now that woman is going to do some mighty things for the kingdom. And I'm just like, Lord flow, just go, go, go. You know what I mean? So it's dude, it's, it's crazy to think, um, that now she's kind of feeling the effects of like what I'm what's brewing within us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my wife, Jonna, she's the same way. And, you know, she is one of those that she's shy and she's she's quiet. Um, but, you know, I've seen the Holy Spirit get a hold of her yeah. at different times, you know, like during services. And I mean, she just start weeping and she just. You know, there, there was a time that I, I, a very personal testimony. Um, we were at a tent revival and I can't remember if I had preached that night or if somebody else had preached, but we were like, I think we were doing the altar service and she just, she stood up and was overwhelmed with the Holy spirit and, and just the, she started telling this testimony 
that even not I had not even known right. uh, from her past. And it was a very, very, very personal. But I mean, man, there's been several times like that, but she's exactly like Stacy. She she don't like to feel like she's being put on the spot. She don't like to feel <laughs> quizzed. Um, yeah. You know, and but she is and and the Lord has shown me that she uh, is going to be, as you said, the same thing. She is going to be a powerful woman of God. And she oh, yeah. is. Uh, it's just it's just getting it out. Yep. Uh, and and <clears throat> one thing that I, as the the spiritual leader and the father of my home, am trying to do, um, I've made the mistake in the past of, of trying to force my family. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, made the mistake of, Hey, you need to be reading more. You need to be studying more. You need to be praying more. You need to be doing this and doing that and doing it. And, uh, you know, the Lord has shown me now that all that does is, is really push them away. Sure. Um, because, it's just like the law for us. It's, it's like putting legalism on them. And what we need to be uh, doing is, is letting them know who they are in Christ. And, right. and once, once a person, um, once a person understands their identity and they understand what Jesus has done for them and how, how, it's not just about being saved. You're not just set free from sin. Yes, that's a big part of it, but you're not just set free from sin. You're not just not going to hell. This is you. Oh man. Yeah. Come on. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, dude. And, and it's so people, people cannot grasp this. And, and that's why there's so many who go to church, but they just go through the motions and they just don't understand. And I am just now coming into a place where I am understanding, uh, you know, I have, I have sat and, and, and poured into and had the message of the cross poured into me, uh, you know, for, for several years now, but there's something else opening up right now for me of this revelation of righteousness. And I know uh, when me and Jonna and our, uh, our friends, Brandon and Denna were over our youth group at church. I mean, that last uh, several months or maybe even a year that we were together over that youth group, we constantly preached identity. We constantly was telling those kids, you know, you need to know who you are in Christ. And so, but I am coming now into a deeper revelation of the righteousness that has been imputed to us, not anything that we have earned, but, but by what Jesus did and our simple faith (laughs) in that man, we are as Jesus is. And when, when people can get a hold of that, you're not going to, you're not going to stop them from picking up their Bible. You're not going to stop right. them from being devoted. And, and that's, that's where I'm at now. And that's what I'm trying to uh, convey to my family and let them know that, listen, you just got to get a hold of this revelation. You just got to get a hold of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you, there's no stopping. 
There's no stopping. So uh, as the father and the spiritual leader of my home, that's what I'm trying to sit back and, and do more now instead of push, push, push and legalism, legalism, legalism. Because even though from, from my standpoint, I wasn't trying to push law and legalism on them, but from them who maybe did not, maybe they were not in the spirit where I was at the moment. Yeah. what I was saying to them seemed like I was trying to put laws on them. So they was running the other way. So, so now with this revelation of righteousness, I am trying to, I'm trying to be more in tune with the spirit and just trust him to lead everything. Come on, come on, dude. It's that one. You said spirit realm. You're speaking of the spirit. And there's a reason last night I looked at at, uh, first Corinthians six, verse 17. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Mm -hmm. It's when we start to dwell in that. Right. Psalm 91. I was reading uh, in the KJV version says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And that's dwelling at his feet. That's being in his presence. That's being led by the spirit. Dude, we're all flesh. We're all got our moments throughout the day where we're taken back into that that uh, fleshly desires or whatever, but what we're experiencing now and what we're talking about, like my wife's kind of experiencing and your wife's experiencing it is because you don't, we, you can't force it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody could force it on me years ago. I had to come to a revelation of who I was in Christ, that identity that um, I had to be one with the spirit. And Jesus talks about it. Like, you know, the father is in him and, and we are going to, Basically, the father is going to be in us. We're going to have that spirit living in us, which amazes me that he trusts these fragile jars of clay, per se, with this amazing gift to be able to uh, kick off a revival or start revivals. And the problem is, is like people are are putting up walls. They're rushing the spirit when you when you and I've been a, a you know guilty of this going into church and when the clock hits it's time to go home or time to go do this or do that and it's it's learning that Psalm ninety one dwelling in that secret that place dude it's sitting there and saying okay I'm not moving I'm not going to talk I'm just going to let the spirit guide me and lead me and that's when the revival starts bro that's when what we're talking about right now when the Lord starts awakening things in you uh spirits start to connect like you and I or it starts to overflow mm-hmm. into our homes which is bro it's so beautiful for me cuz I know like my wife's feeling it cuz she lately at church she's just been in this presence of like I mean it can be any song any sermon going on and she's just crying mm-hmm. and I'm just and to me it's awesome yeah, it's awesome. You know, I'm just like, let it flow, man. Let it flow. Because years ago, that was something that I was ashamed of. I was ashamed to raise my hands and worship and all this. And now I'm just like, dude, I don't care what people think, Yeah, you know? Uh, so, bro, it's, <clears throat> there's something moving. And that's when we allow that spirit to kind of guide us, brother. It is. And we talked about it. You know, I really felt my personal revival uh, because, you know, I had been in a wilderness for, for many years. My personal revival began at the beginning of this year. Mm. And I, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that there was something great coming this year in 2022. Yeah. And, and as I just continue to press in, I am understanding. I'm I'm seeing 
whether it's for anybody else. And I know it's for, for everybody else. I know people are feeling it. I'm, I'm hearing people talking about it. I'm hearing people being set free uh, from bondages uh, of legalism and religion and, and coming to an understanding of who they are. So I know it's not just for me, but what, what we're seeing is people are understanding who they are. And that is the beginning of revival. We, right. you know, we talked about last week when we were trying to discuss a, uh, uh, well, what, what do we think for, uh, for the, the title of this episode, you know, last week, uh, this is revival. And, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we were throwing out revival, you know, we t- threw out two or three, but we decided on this is revival because I don't believe, I don't believe that revival is just coming. I believe it's here and it's coming. I believe that I believe that hearts are being transformed and people are understanding their identity in Christ Jesus. And that's where true revival begins. That's where it begins. It begins in our home. It begins in our heart, whether that be, and and it don't necessarily have to be the the father of the house. Uh, It can be the, the, the wife, it can be the children, but, but when revival begins to, to really break forth in somebody's heart and it starts spilling on others, then then it's going to overflow and we're going to continue to overflow. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, We talked about it a little bit last week. So many people expect uh, revival to break out just in a church or in a church service. And they think, well, uh, revival is going to, man, come on, Lord Jesus. (laughs) We, We we think that revival is just something that happens and and we say, okay, well, we're going to continue to have a series of meetings, but no, that's not it. Revival, uh, you know, I've grown up knowing revival as a week long service where an evangelist comes in and he preaches sin and, and hell, and then people get saved and everything. And that's all great. But, but that is not, that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we need to be looking for because that's not just revival. Revival begins in a person's heart and then spills out. And that is exactly what is happening right now. It's happening in me and you, and it's happening in our family, even though, uh, you know, our wives have not, um, I don't, I don't, I know I see in the spirit. And I have for years Yeah, that my wife is destined to be a strong, powerful woman of God. And it don't necessarily mean that she's going to be speaking all the time or that she is going to be uh, speaking in front of churches all the time or, or whatever, but God has designed her. And I believe the exact same thing for Stacy. God Mm -hmm. has designed her to, to be an example and, and she is going to be an example of a powerful woman of God. We've got these and, and it's just spilling. It's spilling out of me and it's spilling onto them. And we are going to continue to see what is being birthed in us spill out onto others. Yeah. And I, I dude, I'd like to say this because it just, it kind of, it just really dawned on me where 
you're listening to this right now and you're talking, we're talking revival. We're talking about, you know, our wives and us doing or whatever you guys doing great things for the Lord. Now, like Casey just said, this doesn't mean you're going to be preaching in front of 5,000 pre- people. Yeah. I'm reminded. And we listen to Corey Russell quite often. Him and, him and Billy Humphrey gripped podcast. I'll plug their stuff. They're yeah. amazing. So Corey talks about Daniel Nash, who was beside Charles Finney pers- mm-hmm. pretty much as his kind of like his prayer warrior. Now, nobody I've never heard of that name until I started listening to Corey. Exactly. But you think about that. There was this man who was always in prayer for revival, for the things that Charles Finney was was a part of. And of course, Charles Finney was a part of that, that that praying and all that as well. But look, I talk to my wife all the time because she sees, you know, me getting to speak at churches or to youth groups or whatever. And I said, that's what the Lord's called me to do right now. One day, the Lord may tell me, um, go lead a group of three or four men for the rest of your life. And that's all you're going to do now. I said, look, I said, look at the, the, um, uh, look at what you're leading in our house, our daughter, mm-hmm. like your wife. I said, so you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, Oh God, I just want to do mighty things. Sometimes you're mighty things. Sometimes you are in a home raising a child yeah. or you're a, a nurse, you know, helping whatever it may be one or two people and that one or two, one or two that you're helping right now, that little child that you're leading could be the next Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. you know, could be the next person who starts this great awakening. So don't ever discount what the Lord has you and where he has you. Cause I mean, it's, there's, we're all doing it for the kingdom and revival just starts right there where you are. So like we said, don't have to be in a 5,000 seat church. Yeah. And if you're leading a kindergarten class, you can start, you, you can lead one child right there and, and teach them and instruct them in the ways of the Lord, showing them their identity. You just never know who you're reaching and what you're reaching. That's exactly right. And I want to say this as far as our wives go, and I want this to, to resonate with people out there listening. Um, if, you know, men and, and their wives, listen, uh, the most powerful thing. And I, I keep saying that God has shown me that my wife is going to be a powerful woman of God or is a powerful woman of God. It's in there. And uh, I, I've seen it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, I'm not saying that she's necessarily going to be speaking, you know, preaching at churches. What I'm saying is what, the most powerful thing that our wives can do. Now, if God pulls more out of them and they go and, and man, praise the Lord, whatever the spirit leads them to do. But just like with us, even though we are being called to go and speak in churches and we do this podcast and whatever else, our purpose, our, our main purpose is to pray for our wives and our children and to seek the Lord on their behalf and to try to be an example to them and to lead them and to help them grow. And the, one of the most powerful things and most helpful things that our wives can do is pray for us. Yeah. I, I know, I know, and I don't hear it all the time, but I know that my wife prays for me and I know that the place of personal revival that I'm at right now is because of, of her prayers. Yes. So 
I don't want anybody to get mixed up and, and people out there thinking, oh, man. So if I'm going to be a mighty man or woman of God, it means that I've got to go and, and be preaching and flying all over the world and doing this. No, it's exactly like what you just said. You might be, be leading a women's prayer group or a men's prayer group, or, or you might be um, – not just be behind the scenes interceding and praying for your husband or your wife or your children or the church services or your pastor or whatever, but God has a calling on us and, and we have mistaken for, for so long, the powerful and glory that, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that, it's that man standing behind the podium. It's that, yep. it's that man up there, God's man of power for the hour. That's not it. That's not it. A powerful man or woman of God. Uh, there are people who are powerful men and women of God who are just prayer warriors behind the scenes. Yes. And, and they're more powerful than what we're seeing behind the pulpit. Yes. You got those intercessors, man. And I just talked about that sitting and, and, and dwelling in the secret place. You know, that's it, bro. That's the most powerful men and women. Man, my grandmother, prime example, a woman that never, I don't recall her ever. And my grandfather was a preacher. She always sat in the pews, but dude, she poured seeds into me when she didn't know she was. I'm sure all her life, she prayed for her six kids who a lot of them prodigal sons and prodigal daughters that fled. Mm -hmm. But I look at them now. I look at my aunt, my father, my uncles, almighty men and women of God. And it's just, that's proof that a little older lady that died in her, her eighties, because of her prayers, because of her intercession is, is birth, not only like my family, my father, but it's poured out into generations into me. And I'm so excited to watch what it does in my family. And you're right. We have to pray over our wives and kids. And that's something that I met with a pastor last week, a friend of mine. And he said, every morning he wakes up, he declares goodness and he declares, declares favor from the Lord on his family. He said, like, because I want them to do way more than I ever did. Yes. And that's dude, that's the important part. I mean, it's just um, it's just an, we have this. You talked a few weeks ago about that bridge that had the, the collapse. And if you could save people's lives and stop and scream to them and let them know. Well, we have this like. Man, we have this secret and it's really not a secret because it shouldn't be a secret. We should be pouring it out to the world. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. Yes. And it's filling us up right now. Mm-hmm. And all, and, and I've noticed, and I was talking to uh, Terry, Terry Skaggs. So I did his testimonies for Terry podcast once yeah. again. And we were talking the other day and he, he said, the more things get crazy in the world. And I feel like the closer you get to God and the more feeling of the spirit you get, there is this revival birthing in you where you just, you, you, there's more boldness than ever. You don't care what people think because the fact is somebody, some's going to call you crazy. Some's got to turn a blind eye, just like they did with Christ. But we still got to proclaim this. We have to share this because man, people, people nowadays, especially over the past two, three years have are searching. They're empty. They're broken. They need something to fill the void. And there's only one thing that's going to fill that void. And in, and in John, John one, it talks about in him is life, dude, in him is life and fulfillment. And there's only one thing that can fill that void. And I've been there trying to search for that. And that's Jesus Christ, dude, is letting every breath breathe the goodness of God and knowing that no matter what you're facing right now, we serve a good, good God. And he just wants to love you and, and, and to show you how good he is. That is it, man. That is so that's what that's what 
I am coming into the understanding of and that I pray that my family and everyone else out there is is beginning to come under the understanding of, yeah, this is about relationship. This is about this. Come on. Our heavenly father. I, I And I'm coming to the place where I don't even I don't even want to call him God. No, because I'm coming into that that intimate relationship where yeah. it's he's my father, he's my papa. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and so our heavenly Father, the the one who created the universe, everything that we see, he created. Yeah, and he loves us so much mm. that he came down, sent his son, or came down in the flesh, became a man lived a perfect life and and went to the cross as our perfect sacrifice. He died, was buried, and then three days later resurrected and then ascended to the right hand of the Father. Yeah. He did this for us. And now by our faith in who Jesus is and what he did, then we are, as I believe it's first John four seventeen, maybe as he is. Oh yeah. So are we in this world? You know, Jesus's righteousness. When we, when we place our faith in him, Jesus's righteousness is imputed to us. Yeah. It is given to us. Our identity is so important, and and I hope people are getting this. I hope people understand this. When you trust in Jesus, in the Father's eyes, you were hanging on that cross. Yep. You were crucified. You You were buried. You were resurrected to a newness of life. And it also says, and I can't remember exactly where it's at right now. Maybe you know but we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, in heavenly places. That's who we are. Yeah. That's who we are. And we've got to come to the understanding and and non-believers who are listening to this or or people who maybe are not born again. They're just, they might be thinking what in the world y'all are crazy, but this is Bible. (laughs) And this is something that has not been taught for so long. I mean, I have, I, growing up, I never remember hearing, and I'm, I remember hearing grace. I remember hearing Jesus did it all, but I, I don't remember ever anyone truly preaching and giving us the understanding that you are as Christ is. Right, right, dude. <laughs> dude, I think, listen, you, man, dude, uh, so much going on right now in my heart. And I think of the old Testament and if I'm not mistaken, it's always Moses and Abraham. They said, Lord, they said, God, you know, I feel like once Jesus came, he opened up this whole other dimension for us, this whole other door bust open. And he shows us that, yes, this is our God. He is the almighty, powerful God um, that, that, you know, sits in the heavenly thrones, but Jesus opened up this new like door for us where we can have a relationship with 
the father. He calls him father. I mean, there is times where he says, Lord, but all the time you see Jesus speaking to God, he's saying, father, 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 daddy, whatever it may be. And I'm just like, that opens up a whole other dimension. And it's, and it speaks about that relationship that we now have access to. We have access to um, this throne in heaven. And I'm sitting here in revelation four, man. And I'm, and I'm just looking this morning and I wrote it down how you got uh verse, verse eight. And, and, and these, these, the angels and all of those surrounding this throne, the 24 elders, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then they fall down to their faith face and they say, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. And there's times where we have to, we have to, we have to do the same thing they do and fall to our face in all fear because we respect God, not because we're scared of the Almighty God. Well, we know like He's very powerful and all this, but because we want this relationship with Him, you know. Dude, it's just so amazing that Jesus opened up this whole other door for us to say father and know that we have this this loving dad that we can go to and just sit in his presence, bro, and love him. And he loves us and he wants to get to know us. And once again, you speak of we are one Mm -hmm. with the father as Christ was one with the father. And I'm like, man, come on. Yeah. Like that's that spiritual feeling. You know what I mean? That's that birth of revival, the birth of this, uh, this is just this overflowing that you and I are connecting on so many different ways. So many, I mean, other things are happening where I'm getting a mini ministry opportunity, but it's flowing into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God, you're showing off. Yeah. You're, you were showing off. He showed off last night at a church I went to where the preacher said, all right, we're going to preach out of Matthew six tonight. Turn to your Bibles there. And all of a sudden he just felt the lead to say, or the nudge to say, I, I think somebody needs to testify tonight. And bro, for two hours straight, and I'm getting chills thinking about mm-hmm. it. People just testifying and crying and telling of God's goodness. There was not one person in there that was, was saying, oh, you know, Lord put sickness on me and all this and that. No, man. They were saying, hey, I was healed from cancer or I have cancer right now, but I still look to Jesus as my source. I look to my father and I know that he is good regardless. I saw families talking of 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 a mother who took her son to church. The mom got saved. The boy got saved. The dad was an atheist. He got saved. Mm. Dude, that's what it's about, bro. And that's gosh, man. Mm. Come on, sir. That's where that revival starts is in that family and the church environment like that, where it flows out of those doors. You don't just go in and get your feel on a Sunday. Yeah. You say, man, I need more. Yeah. I need more. You know, I need more. And it needs to flow into my house, into the streets, into the cities, into my schools that are secular schools, preaching, you know, garbage to our kids uh, into our work environment, whether it be a wrestling ring or a doctor's office, wherever we may be, we are messengers in that time. We got to let this flow, man. You can't hide this. You can't, if you got a good steak, you know, I'm going to talk food. <laughs> you got a good steak or okay. Good ice cream. Here we go. Ice cream. Maybe it's better. You got to share that ice cream with somebody like my wife or whatever, because baby, you got to try this. This is awesome. <laughs> dude. It's more with the spirit now because I feel it in my soul, bro. I feel it in my bones from my head to my toes. And I just want to fall down at the throne every single day and say, God, let me flow, man. Just let me pour this out to to Casey, to, to whoever I can pour it out to, man, just let it flow. Yes. Gosh, dude. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like, we, we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, 
God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, it says in Genesis. That relationship, Adam was in a perfect paradise, no sin, no diseases, no sickness, no nothing. And he just had that one-on-one relationship with the Lord. And, and it was a, that relationship, it was not just like I said a minute ago, sin was a big part of it. And thank God that the cross took care of, of that. But, but the biggest thing that Jesus came to, to take care of was to reconcile us back to our father so that we could be one with him. And so that we could have that one-on-one personal relationship back with him. People have to get it. They have to get it. That it's not just, Oh my Lord. He is not just this big. I, I, I've said it before. I said it last week. So many people have this idea of, of God sitting up in the sky and he's got, you know, bam, bam from the Flintstones, his big old club. And he's just waiting to swat you every time you mess up. Yeah. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it at all. So many people have such a distorted view of our heavenly father, but he loved us so much that he sacrificed his own son. He came and lived as we lived. Yeah, dude. He came and lived as we live so that we could be set free. And, and I want to, I didn't know I was going here. I didn't know this podcast was going the way it was going. I didn't either. I, I no Come on, Lord, more. We just, we're just flowing, man. But uh, I, I want to read some here in Galatians chapter four. We're talking about the, we're talking about righteousness and talking about law versus grace, talking about how much he loves you and, and your identity. And I believe if people will really grab a hold of these words, um, that, that they can understand the freedom that they have. And, and I'm going to read out of the passion translation. So everybody out there don't crucify me, uh, but Galatians four beginning at verse 21 says, tell me, Do you want to go back to living strictly under the law? Haven't you ever listened to what the law really says? Have you forgotten that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave girl and the other by the free woman? Ishmael, the son of the slave girl, was a child of the natural realm. But Isaac, the son of the free woman, was born supernaturally by the spirit and a child of the promise of God. These two women and their sons express an allegory and become symbols of two covenants. The first covenant was born on Mount Sinai, birthing children into slavery. That's talking about the law. Children born to Hagar. For Hagar represents the law given at Mount Sinai in Arabia. The Hagar metaphor corresponds to the earthly Jerusalem of today who are currently in bondage. In contrast, there is a heavenly Jerusalem above us, which is our true mother. She is the free woman birthing children into freedom. For it is written, burst forth with gladness, O barren woman with no children, break through with the shouts of joy and jubilee, for you are about to give birth. The Hmm. one who was once considered desolate and barren, or barren, 
now has more children than the one who has a husband. Dear friends, just like Isaac, we're now the true children who inherit the kingdom promises. And just as as the son of the natural world at the time harassed the son born of the power of the Holy Spirit, so it is today. And what does the scripture tell us to do? This is, this is quoting from Genesis 21. Expel the slave mother and her son. The son of the slave woman will not be a true heir, for the true heir of the promises is the son of the free woman. It is now obvious we are not the children of the slave woman. We are the supernatural sons of the free woman, sons of grace. That Come is on. talking what Genesis 21 and, and so many who still want to, who still want to put law and legalism and religion on this. They never understand that what, what happens, what this picture of it in Genesis 21, when, when uh, the day that Isaac is weaned, and Sarah sees Ishmael mocking or scoffing at, at Isaac, uh, you know, she tells Abraham, you need to get rid of Hagar and yeah. her son. And, and so what people don't get is this is a picture. This from way back in Genesis 21 was a picture of what God was going to do. Law versus grace. Yes. And, so many are trying to still live under a mixture of law and grace. Mm-hmm. And I have done it. I, I am. I mean, there's still stuff in me that the Holy spirit is pulling out and showing me, no, that's Ishmael. That's, that's not Isaac. You are a son of the free woman. You are not yes. a son of the bond woman. And for people who don't know, don't understand um, just a little backstory real quick. Uh, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a son. Okay. Well, they're getting on up in age. So Sarah says, okay, go, go lay with my slave girl and have a son with her. And then that'll be our son. God says, that's not the one. So Abraham goes, and I don't understand all this because this culture, this ain't in our culture. There ain't no way my wife's telling me, hey, go, go lay with my friend over here and have a kid for us. But, but, uh, but so Abraham goes and has, has a son with Hagar later on the promised son comes to Sarah. Sarah couldn't have children. So the promised son comes from Abraham and Sarah. God says, this is the one that was promised. Yes. And so Ishmael is a picture of self effort. Mm-hmm. So Abraham and Sarah got tired of waiting on God's promise. So they tried to fulfill it in their own power instead of waiting on the Holy Spirit to, to birth what was supposed to, to come. So yes. they birthed slavery. This was self-effort. This is a picture of the law. This is a picture of the law of Moses, Ten Commandments and all. Mm-hmm. And so so then Isaac is born and he is born of the power of the Holy spirit. Yes. Uh, they're like, I think, I think Sarah's like 90 and Abraham's like a hundred at the time. And it's like, you know, nobody's ever seen that, but, but so what these, these two uh, Ishmael and Isaac are is a picture of the law and a picture of grace. And when we 
as the children of God, when we accept Jesus, then we are supposed to be sons of grace, governed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right. We're not supposed to be we're not supposed to be trying to keep the law, uh, you know, step by step and, and going by all these written rules. The law was given so yeah. that people would know that they need a savior, that they cannot live up to God's standard. Yes. And now uh, you can go back to Jeremiah 31 and read it. He has given us a new covenant and he has written those laws on our heart. And that is the Holy Spirit who yep. leads us and guides us. As Jesus said in John, uh, is it 13 through 16, where he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit and how, yep. how he's going to lead us and guide us in all truth. That's what we are now. We're not, we're not governed by religious rules and systems. We are governed by the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And when people can understand that, that will set them free. That lets them know their identity. That lets them know yes, how much yes. our heavenly father loves us and, and what Jesus did for us. So if, yes. if people can get it, that's where they'll become free right there. Yes. You said it, man, that new covenant. And in the old Testament, it was that old covenant that, you know, there was all these laws that they couldn't live by. They couldn't stand up to the standards. You know, once a year, the, the, um, the priest would have to go into the temple and make sacrifices. And God did away with that when he sent Jesus down that new covenant you mentioned, and he gave us this inheritance. And, and I'm looking at Ephesians one and, and we got verse four and it says in, I'm sorry, verse five, he said in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Now, when I think of adoption, I think of going and adopting a child and you're bringing that child in your family and you're saying, I will love you because you are my own, not because I have to, but because I choose to. And that's what God did when he gave us Jesus Christ. He's adopting us into this family as sons, sons hmm. of God. And dude, that's, I mean, think about that. He's adopting us into this family, Jews and Gentiles alike. And we are part of this inheritance. We're part of this new covenant. And for me to sit and think sometime that I'm a part of, of sharing the gospel, expanding the kingdom. Um, we're a part of this greater, greater storyline, this eternal storyline of the coming of Christ. And when he comes down on this cloud of glory, he's going to see his children. Mm. And we're just going to, bro, I mean, I don't know what kind of emotions are going to be flow, but we're going to have to fall to our faces because of the glory that we're in presence of, just like they did in that throne room in revelation four, it's going to be so amazing to witness. And I can't imagine, you know, the years I wasted, but it's like, no, it's okay. The Lord speaks to me all the time. and says that that's okay. Where are you now? And I'm, I've realized that I'm adopted into this family and there's nothing, nothing the enemy can do. That's going to yank me away. Hmm. And I mean, bro, I just sit and think of the goodness, man, and this new covenant that we're a part of this adoption into this family and father loves us so much that we're just able to bask in his goodness day in and day out. And once again, I talk about it all the time, just knowing that the temple, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. As Jesus talked about, I think John 14, you were talking about John 15 or around there. We are this temple. And bro, we have this, like, man, what this, this amazing treasure inside of us, bro. And I can't fathom why sometimes God, why would you want to use a messed up person like myself? Mm -hmm. uh, 
<laughs> to carry this treasure around to share to people who are, who are dying. Yeah. But he reminds me because I adopted you. I brought you into the family, bro. Like you are, you are my son. You are my child. And I love you so much that I gave you my son. He sacrificed his life for you. So will we choose to be the criminal on the cross who was mocking and cursing Jesus and saying, Oh, you know, all the Romans, if you're the son of God and bring yourself down, save yourself, call angels. Are we going to be that criminal who says, man, are you guys crazy? Hmm. And, and father, forgive me, hmm. you know, or like Jesus father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And that's love. He endured. God, that's love, man. And that's just, I love it. Man. I, I want to talk about adoption since you yeah. mentioned that in our culture for, for a lot of people. Now I know uh, that there are many who are not like this, but I do know a lot of people who have, uh, who have stepchildren or they have adopted children and then they have their children, you know, and, and sometimes their children are treated better than the adopted children. Sure. That's not what our heavenly father did. No, that's not. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We are as <laughs> Christ is. Yeah. Ooh, come on. It, it's, it's so amazing. And so, so freeing. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't just say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to let you, um, I'm going to let you into my family. You know, and and you can, you know, have have this little portion over here at this little table. No, he said, he said, as my only begotten son is, yep. so are you. Yeah, yeah. When you place your faith in him, this is your inheritance. Gosh. You you have his righteousness. When the father looks at you and me, we think about all the things that we've done to mess up over the years. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. The world looks at us and, and there's probably people who listen to our podcast just so they can sit and poke fun and say, dude, I remember when them guys were drunks and blah, 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 blah. But the world don't understand. The father looks at us and he sees Jesus. Yes. Come on. He don't see, he don't see old Casey, the drunk or the, the womanizer, the, the brawler or all this other garbage. He sees Jesus when he looks at us, dude, this is identity. Yeah. This is relationship. Mm. This is freedom. And yes. this is revival. Yes. That, that's it. <laughs> I think the podcast took a way different turn than we expected. The day. <laughs> well, it definitely did. It definitely but, did. But I, I believe because this is, is a huge part of my own personal revival that is spilling. Sure. Uh, that, it, you know, the Holy Spirit's showing me this stuff and it, it's spilling out of me. Yeah. So without, without understanding these, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit revealing this stuff to me, I wouldn't be having the the personal revival that I'm having right now. So this is all part of, of your freedom and understanding your identity. Yeah, dude. And uh, real quick, you know, as we're, as we're wrapping things up or whatnot, you, you mentioned Abraham, Isaac, this was his, his beloved son, you know, the one that God promised him. So when he had this child, he's setting his eyes upon this child. Like, like the father sets his eyes upon Christ as he sacrificed Jesus, as he, Jesus sacrificed 
on the cross. So Abraham was called by God, go up to the mountain Mm -hmm. and take your boy, basically sacrificing. So Abraham out of faith, dude, I mean, I can't imagine what's wrapping through his mind goes up, lays his boy on the stone. And as he's holding up the knife, God provides another sacrifice because he saw the faithfulness of Abraham. Now I'm not sitting here saying we got to sacrifice our kids guys. So, okay, let's not go there. But what I am saying is there's moments and I was reminded of this the other day as, as Casey, I've spoke to Casey about some things that I'm having to lay down in my life that I've made an idol that I'm having to sacrifice because I feel like God's calling me and shifting me into a new, um, basically a new pattern in life, mm-hmm. this new atmosphere, this new dimension, whatever we want to call it, this spiritual awakening. And it's hard for me because it's what I've lived upon, but I'm reminded of Abraham and he was called to sacrifice his son, but God provided him with a lamb or a goat, or I believe it was. And there's times where God's going to call us to sacrifice things, yeah. things we love, hold near and dear to our heart, things that we we've done all our lives. These things that's, that we've turned into idols, basically. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to do that because they're. Look, we don't fast, as Casey mentioned it to me a few days ago. We don't fast to get things from God. I'm not fasting to say, Lord, because I need this. No, we're fasting out of obedience, but also to kind of purify ourselves into a deeper, intimate area with the Lord. So when we sacrifice these things that that we do hold near and dear to our heart, that we cherish so much, whether it be, gosh, watching TV five hours a day, playing video games, uh, a specific diet or whatever that you're making an idol, God's going to call you to sacrifice some things in order to draw closer to him. And that's where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. So all that being said, don't be afraid if the Lord tells you or asks you to sacrifice something, I've said no way too many times. Okay. Don't do that. Say, okay, Lord, I will sacrifice this because I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's a reasoning and there's going to be an awakening and a shift into the spirit. And you're going to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into this spirit realm that we've talked about this whole episode. You're going to dive deeper into what revival looks like. And it's going to start to pour out into your families, uh, into your workplace. And for Casey and I, our prayer, and you guys stand in agreement with us as we go into these ministry opportunities that wrestling for the faith is doing. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. We have no idea what we're doing two nights from now. When we walk into Milner, Georgia, I think rock Creek or rock, is rock, that the name rock of Springs the church, rock Springs church. Yeah. And we don't know guys. Like all I know is that bro, we're led by the spirit. So we're not blind. Yeah. You know, as many times in the Bible, Moses didn't know what to say. Jeremiah didn't know what to say. And God said, open your mouth. Mm-hmm. And I will give you the words. There was times in Peter in the Bible, you see, uh, he went out and proclaimed the gospel. I'm sure he had nothing going on in his mind. All he knows is that he was being led by the spirit. And that's where, when we sacrifice these things, the Lord's going to start to fill these voids and he's going to start to just open up, man, just whew, come on. Mm-hmm. dude. He's just going to start to open up so many different avenues that we can never, never have imagined years ago. And I'm so thankful that I'm a part of that. So thankful I got a brother like Casey and a wife like Stacy and just brothers and sisters within my church Amen. that build me up, you know, others that pray for me. My brother, my brother Tony, who listens to the podcast regularly, and Terry, and just so many, man, Jason, who's gonna be ministering with mm-hmm. us, bro, that just pour into me daily when I reach out to them. And it just it's it's encouraging and lightening to know that we're all that body of Christ. And that's when we come together in in one accord. Mm-hmm. And that's when we all pray together. And that's when things start to shift, bro. 
that's when things start to shift and these new doors start to open up and God starts to move. Cause he's saying, I'm using you as a conduit. I'm using you as a conduit to plug into the rest of the world and share this overflowing of the spirit that I'm giving you. Don't hold it in. Right. Sacrifice those things that mean nothing really in the end. And I'm going to, I'm going to show off because that's what he's doing right now in our lives. He's showing off. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Listen, we close. I want to say this. I can't, I can't go without saying this. When, when, when the spirit is leading you in this way, when you are submitted to the leadership of the Holy spirit, you are going to be called to do things that look crazy. Yeah. Uh, to others and people are going to people are going to say, well, that makes absolutely no common sense. I heard somebody say this one time and it stuck with me for years. God's common sense is, hey, Mary, you're a virgin, but you're going to have a son and he's going to be the savior of the world. (laughs) God's common sense is. Is hey Abraham, I know you're a hundred years old. <laughs> now you're about to have the promised son. Come on. God's common sense is there's never been rain, but Noah build a boat because I'm about to flood the earth. Yes. That's God's common sense. So <laughs> we don't need to be looking in the natural realm. Uh, the Bible says that that the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. They are foolishness to him. Yep. We cannot be trying to, we cannot be trying to reconcile the spiritual realm and the natural realm when the Holy spirit flows and he tells us to go and he tells us to do, we just got to go and do. And that's dude, that is God's common sense. Yes. Crazy to us, but normal in the spiritual realm. And the closer we get and the more surrendered we are to his will above our own, then then these things that we look at as crazy mm. are going to be our normal. Man, come on. Hallelujah. God. Yes, yeah. brother. Yeah. Uh, I think you got to close in on that, dude. <laughs> All right. There's not much more we can say, man. That's- All right, so... Gosh, let's, let's just throw these. Uh, we usually do announcements at the beginning, but we got in the flow of the spirit. So, man, uh, we'll go ahead and throw these out. Uh, hmm. So tonight, Royston, Georgia. Yeah. APW, uh, this is their 15th anniversary show, by the way. APW, uh, Royston, their arena there. Royston's not a big city. You probably turn on the first stoplight and you'll meet the building. I'll shoot out the address. Uh, so Jeremy Vane, man, I've known since 2006. Um, just a good brother of mine. And I'm really excited. This is a place I worked for, man, back in 2007 and eight. So it's going to be really cool to get back and just see some of the Georgia, the NWA Anarchy fans. And, um, and dude, lo and behold, real quick, at the end of April, matter of fact, is where we're doing a man camp for Nikita Koloff's men's week retreat. So I'm stoked about that as well. That's further down the road. But here we are this weekend tonight, APW Royston. Gunner comes back to Royston. Yeah. And tomorrow night, March 19th, Hope Championship Wrestling at 7 p.m. at Rock Springs Church. Then Sunday, March 20th. We will be doing Wrestling for the Faith live at Rock Springs Church, 219 uh, Rock Springs Road in Milner, Georgia. That's at 5 p.m. 
me, you, Jason Justice, Marty Miller. I have no clue what we're <laughs> doing. Holy Ghost is just leading, and and yeah. we're letting him do it, man. Um, Let's do it, man. April April 9th, uh, GWM Resurrection is in McDonald, Tennessee at 7 p.m., but before that show from 3 to 5 p.m., you will be doing a seminar there right. for all uh, who are in the wrestling business. Uh, if anyone would like to reserve their spot for that, contact Global Wrestling Ministries on Facebook mm-hmm. or Global Wrestling Ministries at gmail.com. Then the very next day, April 10th at 4 p.m., right there in McDonald, uh, we are, uh, we're, we're kind of modeling this weekend as we're doing this weekend, March uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th. So April 9th and 10th, we're, we're doing a show. And then the 10th, we're doing uh, Wrestling for the Faith live service again yeah. there in McDonald's. So um, I have no clue what it looks like flowing by the spirit. But, man, that's I think that's all the announcements we got. I just wanted to get those in. But, man, I'm just pumped. I'm ready. Uh, also, yeah. Um, we always give our email address, um, prayer requests, praise reports, questions, thoughts, comments, um, whatever you have there. Also, um, I just feel led to spit this out. If you feel led to have us come, whether it be a wrestling event or whether it be a, uh, whether it be a, a church or a, some kind of event you want to put together, maybe you want to bring wrestling for the faith live to, to your church or your, your town, sure. uh, feel free to email us at wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. And uh, just be in prayer for us and, and, you know, agreement that what we got going on right now, the Lord's moving. We know that we know we're not acting on our own will. Oh man, we're just really excited. So we, we pray that you guys will stand there with us and, and we're, we're really excited about what's happening right now. We appreciate all the support. So, man, you will close us out in prayer. Yes, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you so much for the anointing that we have felt uh, during this episode, Father, and I just pray that that your Holy Spirit would touch every single heart that listens to this. Father, I pray that people would come into the understanding of their true identity, that they would know who they are in Christ, that they would understand the difference in relationship and religion. And Father, that you would set them free from the bondages that have have plagued them. Lord, let them know the freedom they have in Christ. Let them know uh, who they are. Father, I just just thank you so much for this revelation that you are bubbling up and, and flowing and showing us, Lord. Uh, yes. And I just pray that you continue to anoint that. Father, I pray that this weekend that these these uh, wrestling shows and services and, and wherever we go while we're in these towns, Father, I just pray that we are so oily by the Holy Spirit that we leave oily footprints all through restaurants and, and, and stores and, and gas stations and wherever we are. And Father, I just pray that the glory of God shines upon us and it is so overwhelming on others who see us that they cannot, they cannot, uh, they cannot stand but to come to a relationship of Jesus with Jesus. Father, Lord, you are amazing. Mm. You are amazing and we love you and we thank you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise for everything that you are doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
All right, guys. We hope this has been a blessing. Be sure to share it and let everybody know about it. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.